0: Once again, thank you for coming out on a Saturday night. I appreciate your faithfulness and your willingness to go along with the weird things that we do. A <laughs> you of your Bibles, we're going to go to Numbers chapter 33. You can find that. We're going to read a good chunk of it. As we pray, I'd like you to pray that I could pronounce these names. I practice beforehand, but it never goes the way. It never goes as well as I practice. Anyways, let's just. So we got it. We're gonna we're gonna pray first before we read it. I'll let you be seated when we read it because there's a lot of a lot of verses. And Sister Cheryl's got a work cut out for her. Let's pray one more time together. Jesus, hallelujah. God, I thank you for your your spirit that's here. God, your presence that just stepped into this place. Hallelujah. God, I thank you, Jesus. God, let your will be done tonight. I pray in Jesus' name. God, speak to us. I pray encourage someone. In Jesus' name. God, anoint my mouth to to speak your word. I pray, God, anoint our ears to hear it. In the name of Jesus, God, let your will be done. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Uh, number 33. I'm just going to talk a f- uh, few minutes. I haven't quite... F- I've switched the programs I use for my notes, and I had it all down to a science, that I could tell how long I was going to be, by how many notes I had, but I haven't quite figured that out yet with this one, so I don't know. Could be 10 minutes. Could be 50. Who knows? I just... I'll talk a few minutes we'll say that on the subject god is in the monotony <laughs> Numbers chapter 33 verse 5 <laughs> i just i was just going to ask you to read along with me for fun but we'll start here verse 5 and it says and the children of Israel removed from Ramses and pitched in Succoth they departed from Succoth and and pitched in Etham, which is the edge of the wilderness. They removed from Etham and turned again unto Pi Hahiroth, which is before Baal Zephon, and they pitched before Migdol. And they departed from Pi Hahiram, Hahiroth. See, I'm already. And passed through the midst of the sea into the wilderness, and went three days journey, to the wilderness of Etham, and pitched at. And and they were removed from Merah and came to Elam. And in Elam there were 12 fountains of water and 3 score and 10 palm trees. And they pitched there. And they were removed from Elam and encamped by the Red Sea. And they were removed from the Red Sea and encamped by the wilderness of Sin. And they took their journey out of the wilderness of Sin and encamped in Dafka. And they departed from Dafka, and encamped in Alush. And they were removed from Alush and encamped at Rephidim. Where there was no water for the people to drink. And they departed from Rephidim and pitched in the wilderness of Sinai. And they removed from the desert of Sinai and pitched at Kibroth-Hattava. And they departed from kibroth Hatava and encamped at Hazaroth. And departed from Hazaroth and pitched at Rithmah. And they departed from Rithmah and pitched at Rimon-Perez. And they departed from Rimon-Perez and pitched at Libna. And they removed from Libna and pitched. At Rizza, and they journeyed from Riza and pitched at Kehel, whoa, Kehelathah, and they went from Kehelathah and pitched in Mount Shafer, or Shafer. And they removed from Mount Shafer and encamped at Herodah, and they removed from Herodah and pitched at Makaloth. and they removed from Makaloth and pitched at Tehath, and they parted from Tehath and pitched at Tara, and they removed from Tara and pitched at Mithka, and they went from Mithka and pitched at Hasmona. They departed from Hashmona and camped at And They departed from Moseroth and pitched at Benny And they removed from Benny Jaikin and they camped at. Oh, this is a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of G's. Hor Haggagad. <laughs> I wish I lived there. And they went <laughs> from Hor Haggagad, where the Hor Haggagites lived, and they pitched at Jot. Betha. They were and they removed from Jabatha and they camped at Ebronah. And they departed from Ebronah and camped at Isaiah and Geber. And they were removed from Ezian Geber and pitched in the wilderness of Zim, which is Kadesh. And they removed from Kadesh and pitched at Mount Hor, the edge of the land of Edom. And everyone said Amen. <laughs> we're not done. Verse 41 And they departed from the Mount Hor and pitched at Zalmona. And they departed from Zalmona and pitched and Poonon. And they departed from Punon and pitched in Oboth. And they departed from Oboth and pitched in... Uh, I, Abram, in the border of Moab. And they departed from Em and pitched in Dabongad. And they departed from Debongad and encamped in Almon, um, Diblathium. And they departed from Almon, Deblathium and Pitched in the mountains of Abram before Nebo, and they departed from the mountains of Abram, or Abram, and pitched in the plains of Moab by Jordan near Jericho. We know that one. <laughs> they pitched by Jordan from Beth and Jeshemoth, even until Abel Shittim him in the plains of Moab. <laughs> that was rough. <laughs> Aren't you glad you got the sip for that one? <laughs> That's my text. It's the longest one I've ever had. Exciting stuff. Right? That's it. That, that was... That was good. Even the writer, as he's writing, he tried to make it more exciting. He's like, well, they departed from, they removed from, they journeyed from. He mixed the words up to try to spice it up a little bit, but... um. I like to preach from the weird things sometimes and probably won't be as long as the text was tonight. But it's the new year, right? And we set goals for ourselves. People do. And uh, one of the goals I set for myself was to read the Bible through in 90 days, which is something I've, I've done a couple times. It's pretty intense. Um, sometimes I listen... To it, to the audio Bible. Well, sometimes I read it, but um, as I was going through it, Numbers thirty-three is one of those chapters that you kind of just skim over, right? You just you can see it. Every verse kind of looks the same, and you're like, I don't know what any of these words are. Skip to the verse that looks like something happens, right? Matthew one's also like that. This person began that one, and this one, and so forth. And right. for being honest, sometimes we do that. Oh yeah. A lot of numbers is, is kind of like that. It's called numbers for a reason. It goes through numbers. Uh, how many people they had census and these types of things. There's a lot of numbers and, and stats and all that in it. And myself, I'm not a numbers guy. You know that? And, I, and so to be honest, it's not... If you had a list favorite books in the Bible, numbers wouldn't be one of my favorite. Um, not that I don't like it. Don't quote me and say that. <laughs> but... You know we all have books that we prefer in the Bible we know stories that resonate with us um, Annabelle her favorite story is Ruth, which is nice and judges I enjoy judges it's pretty action packed there's a lot of wild stories in there. Ecclesiastes cracks me up it's like the world is awful we're all going to die um, it makes me laugh because I'm weird. Philippians is kind of the opposite. I like both sides you know we've got you know these kind of books they're the ones that I you know I prefer to to read if I had to pick one I had to read, it would be one of those. And but numbers is just numbers, right? It's just a bunch of numbers, it seems, and, and names. And and as I'm reading through it, you know, there's a few stories, but there's a lot of names and numbers and places. It's it's a records of of Israel and the, and the wilderness. And uh, there's a few chapters like that in Nehemiah when we were studying it, you know, talking about all the gates and all the stuff that we don't really understand and we don't know the places, so it doesn't mean as much to us. But as I'm going through the Bible reading it. Uh, I' come across chapter 33. and I, I happened to be listening to it at this point. And I was like, they went here, they went there. they left here, they went there. And I was like, "This is crazy." And I was just stuck out and something clicked in me. 40 times it says they went somewhere. They left and went somewhere. There's 40 different places that they go to, and something <coughs> something clicked as I was listening. And I just want to share a simple thought that God is in the monotony, the monotonous. God is in it. And that book or that chapter, we read read most of it. It's probably not the most exciting chapter in the Bible. there's many more chapters that people prefer. And it's probably not anyone's favorite passage or story. If you ask anyone, you know, what's your favorite verse? Numbers uh, 33 and 12. That's my favorite. You know, it's, it's not what we call action pack. although there is a lot of movement, probably more movement in this one than any other chapter, 40 different places. But yet, if you look close, you can see the hand of God through the whole thing. Uh, Numbers 33 and 2, it says, Moses wrote their goings out according to their journeys by the commandment, of the Lord, and these are their journeys according to their goings out. Moses wrote all this and put it in there because God wanted them to. It's in there because God wanted it, and we just, you know, it kind of just hits the, hits the place a little highlights there. It's kind of a recap of everything they've been through. Uh, there's a little break between verse 37 and 39 where they kind of skip over them, wandering around for 38, 40 years or whatever because um, they didn't have faith and they had to wait for everyone to die off, but you know the story but in this chapter and this is the list of everywhere that the children of israel camped on their way to the promised land and we like to tell stories about israel in the wilderness uh, and the whole exodus thing and you know there were 10 plagues and, and they crossed the red sea and it was awesome and then there the 10 commandments and israel did some some dumb things uh they upset god a few times god sent down manna and uh and quail and all these neat things and water from rock and all these cool things that happened. There were 12 spies that went out and 10 of them had a bad report and two had an evil report. And so they had to wander around for 40 years. And then Moses died, Aaron died, Miriam died and everyone died. And Joshua took over and he led them to Jericho. They walked around. They had this you know, great victory. And we just got to hit the, the highlights. Right? It was just like the, the stories. But in between all those stories, there was a lot of packing up and moving. Amen. And in between every story, they had to pack up everything that they owned. And they had to pack up the tabernacle. They had to save some coals from the altar. They had to round up their animals. They had to load up their donkeys and camels and find those alpacas that were wandering up in the hills. You know, they had to get all their animals together, whatever they had, and get their 27 kids ready to, to move out. 40 times they had to do that. And I don't know if you've ever, if you've moved a lot. It's not fun. It's kind of annoying, right? Trisha and myself, we've been married for a few years. I'm gonna say 11, yeah. Nailed it. We got married. 11 years ago, and we went on our honeymoon and then straight from there we moved to Brockville, Ontario. lived there for a year and a half or so. Um, Annabelle was almost ready to to be born, eight months into the pregnancy. We decided we were going to move again. Um, We moved back to St. John. We didn't have any place to stay, so we stayed with my family until we could find a place uh, Annabelle was born, then we moved to a little two-bedroom apartment in Rothsay, which is just outside of St. John. And it was a nice little apartment. We love that little apartment. Um, but we decided that we were probably going to have more kids, and it was small. Like, maybe half like where these seats are. That was probably the whole apartment, maybe. It was very small. I don't know how we fit our stuff in there, but... So we decided we were going to look for a bigger place. We found a bigger place. Um, We moved back into the the city. We lived in an apartment on Reading Crescent. And they didn't have the greatest management of apartment buildings. As if you ever lived in apartments, you know that's a big thing. Um, And then my aunt in Ontario passed away. And we went to the funeral and we came home. I've told you a bit of this story before. We came back and our apartment was flooded. And... Um, things that started to melt, and there was a crack in the foundation, and it, it flooded the apartment. We came home; and our carpet was just soaked, and you know, squish, squish, squish. Good times. Uh, we were like, "Hey guys, it flooded!" And they're like, "Oh, that's too bad. Here's a dehumidifier." We're like, cool. And anyway, so they weren't gonna do anything about it until the summer. Uh, so we were like, "Well, we can't live here. It's gonna get all smelly and moldy. And it was already smelling bad." So we decided we were going to move out. So we moved out of there. I didn't have a place because it was a quick move. So we ended up living with my... My grandparents had a little apartment in their house. So we stayed there for a while. We looked for another place. Then we found another place. Three-bedroom apartment in Golden Grove. We moved in there. Um, Lucy was born. Went to Benin for a summer because why not? We moved there. Uh, We kept the place, that apartment, and then uh, came back and... And then I moved here at Christmas, which is not advised. you ever can move, don't move at Christmas. So if you count um, Benin, I'm going there for a summer. But if you count, um, my wife and I have lived in eight different houses or apartments. Some for not long, you know, just for a few months or whatever. some just in between while we're trying to find somewhere else. But every time we've had to pack up and move, my wife told me she just wants to stay somewhere. it's not on purpose. You know, our family keeps growing. Sometimes you got to get a bigger place. Sometimes things, you know, it's not, we didn't move because we were bored. We wanted to do something. This is the way it happened. Um, We had to pack up and move every time. And it's not fun. Moving isn't great. If you've done it, you know, it's annoying sometimes. You gather so much stuff. Then you go through it and you decide what to take and what to get rid of. And the people of Israel did this, like, 40 times. That's annoying. There weren't, like, 40 times. I know they didn't have as much stuff, probably. But they didn't just have to pack a a moving truck. You know, they had to carry and, and lug everything. Their whole country was packed up and moved. Well, place that we can't pronounce the name, but packed up and moved to the next place. Everything was packed up. the the tabernacle. Everything was packed up, and they, they moved everything. Then they sat down for a while, set it all up, and then God would move, and like, okay, we gotta go again. Pack it all up and go again. And it gets monotonous after a while. The same thing over and over. Okay, we're moving again. Yeah, you got everything. Where's the kids? Don't forget the tent pegs this time (sighs) maybe let's not set up next to those neighbors let's pick different neighbors next time let's see how this works and you know everyone get in line we're on the move and they, they would go over and over and over 40 times like how fun would that be you know can we just stop here here's the magic can we just can we stop here can we just stay there's a place that had palm trees and three score palm trees well that's a nice little spot let's just stay here there's there's water that's nice let's just stay i don't even care about the promised land anymore let's just stay i'm tired of moving i just want to stay somewhere i'm tired of packing everything up i'm tired of tired of walking i'm tired tired of. Them. they're getting older you don't get younger you get older and they had to keep moving i'm just tired of it no wonder they murmured we look at them like all these guys complaining all the time God was doing all these things, they're just complaining, they had to move 40 times. If you ever moved, you know that murmuring is a, is a large part of moving. <laughs> what is this junk? <laughs> Why are we doing this? Where did this come from? Why do we have so many toys? I'll never fit into that again. <laughs> right? <laughs> a lot of murmuring. But over and over and over, the people of Israel, they packed up and They moved. And then they they settle down, they get the announcement from Moses and the leaders, all right, pack her up, we're moving out, the pillar's moving, let's go. Let's go, we're going. Monotony means a tedious repetition and routine. Something that's the same over and over. And moving 40 times would probably get a little monotonous. The first couple times you're like, that's exciting, let's see where we're going. But you're in the wilderness, it's the same. Dirt is dirt. You just, whatever. And if packing everything up 40 times and moving isn't monotonous, then I don't know what it is. But God was in it. This is the main point of all these jokes and stories. God was in it because every time they had to pack up and every time they moved to the next place, they were getting closer to their promise from God. And as annoying as it was, as annoying and monotonous as packing it all up and walking for days was, getting the tabernacle set up and taken down over and over, and every stop was one step closer to the promise from God. As annoying as all that stuff was, it was necessary to get them to where God was taking them. And God was in it. He was leading them. They followed the pillar of fire and and the, and the pillar of cloud. They followed it. And when it moved, they moved. And we can, we can get annoyed with our everyday life. We can get bored with our everyday life. You know, just praying and reading and going to church when it's not snowing. And hearing the same preacher every week and, and going to work and, and praying the same prayers it feels like. And just doing the same thing day after day after day after day. And it seems like nothing is happening. But God is in The monotony. And it may feel like we're just packing it up again. We're We're just moving again. We're just walking again. Let's get everything. Let's go. We're just going again to another place that's full of dirt. And who knows? Maybe there'll be water this time. Maybe there won't. Who knows? We'll just find out when we get there, I guess. Who knows where we're going? We'll just name it when we get there. It may feel like you're just praying again or just going to church again or just paying your tithes or giving the missions or just teaching Sunday school again or just volunteering or just singing or playing or just doing the same thing week after week after week. And why do we even bother sometimes? But like the children of Israel, every step that we take, every time that you do it, you're moving closer to his promise. And that prayer will be answered if you continue to pray, and that call will be fulfilled if you continue to follow, and that burden will be lifted if you continue to give it to Him. Keep going, and it may feel repetitious, it may feel like a routine, it may feel monotonous, it may get boring, it may get old and tired after a while. But God is in it, and we look at Israel in the wilderness, and we see all these incredible things that happen, and we see all these times that God, and you know, He came through and He provided. But no doubt to them. They were just tired of packing and walking and moving and wandering and following this pillar of fire and cloud. And that's why they murmured and complained. Because they couldn't see where God was leading. They couldn't see where he was guiding. They didn't know what the promised land looked like. They'd never owned their own house. They never had their own property. They didn't know. They had nothing to compare it to. They didn't know what it was going to be like. They'd never seen These things, but he was leading them. They couldn't see, they couldn't picture it. And if we look back, we see all the times that God has come through for us. And he's provided for us. He's done incredible things for us. And we know that he is leading. And don't get discouraged in the monotony. Don't get fed up with the day to day. Keep walking. Keep trusting. Keep doing it. Because every step, every stop, every step is closer to His promise. I know there are times that we battle with Him. There are times when it gets boring and it becomes a routine. You're like, why are we even going? We have kids and you're trying to get them ready for church. There are times you're like, why am I even doing this? You know, why do I even... It becomes a routine after a while. and It can get boring, and our worship can slip. I mean, you know, why, do I, why do we even bother? It's the same thing every week. Why do we even... But we need to keep going. For all the faults that the Israelites had in the wilderness, all the murmurings, all the complaints, all the backsliding, all the times they fell and failed God, they kept going. And even though the original generation didn't get to the promised land, because, but because they kept walking, because they kept going, even though they failed and fell and angered God a few times, because they were willing to keep going, even though they had, they had blown it, they kept going and they kept walking, their children eventually got there. And if it wasn't for them, with all of their faults, their children wouldn't have made it. If they hadn't taught their, their children about the promises of God, they hadn't taught their children about the things of God, even though they had fallen so many times and they had failed so many times and they weren't even allowed to go to the promised land, they still put that into their kids. They said, God's leading you someplace. He's going to take you someplace. And even though they didn't make it, their kids saw it happen. If it wasn't for them, with all of their faults, their children wouldn't have made it. And when it gets boring and we fail and we fall, and we mess up and maybe even anger God sometimes. We need to keep going, not only for us, but for the next generation. Not only for us, but for our kids and our, our grandchildren. Amen. We need to show them how to live. We need to show them how to worship. We need to show them how to pray. We need to show them how to walk by faith and live for God in the day to day. And the monotonous and the routine. And the same thing over and over. Because God is in it. And he is leading us. Second Corinthians 5 and 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Which is good because it doesn't always look exciting. As usual, walk through the wilderness. This place looks like the last place. That mountain looks like the last mountain. How do you know we're not going in circles? It doesn't always look exciting. It doesn't always feel exciting. But we don't live for that. We walk by faith. Israel couldn't see the promised land. They didn't have a map. They didn't have Google Maps to show them what it looked like. They didn't have pictures. They have no idea where they were going. They had no idea what it looked like. All they had was the Word of God through their leader. And every time they packed up and moved and stopped, they were walking by faith. And sometimes walking by faith is just doing the same thing. Sometimes walking by faith is just doing what you know. Sometimes walking by faith is just being consistent, just following His Word. And sometimes we make faith to be this complicated thing. Sometimes. But all it is, is following Him. Every day. Consistently. It may not be super exciting. Tuesday afternoon, not much happens. It may not be whatever. Sometimes it's exciting. Sometimes there's miracles. Sometimes there's water from rocks. And manna from heaven. Sometimes it's packing up a tent and walking. It's not always the same sometimes there's messages and tongues and dancing in the aisle, and sometimes it's just reading your bible at the kitchen table with your morning coffee sometimes it's preaching to hundreds under a tent in Africa and sometimes it's praying at home on a Sunday when church is cancelled because of the snow sometimes it's weeping at the altar and sometimes it's worshipping in your car Sometimes it's simply packing the family up or going to church, even though you don't feel like it. Sometimes it's keeping your mouth closed, and sometimes it's crying out to God in frustration. Sometimes, like Elijah, God speaks and moves in the fire, and sometimes it's a still small voice. But in each instance, God is in it. He's in the miraculous, and He's in the monotonous. It's a faithfulness in the moments of monotony that lead to the miraculous. It was Israel walking around Jericho for a week faithfully that led to the walls falling down. It was Matthew going to work one day to collect taxes that saw him being called by Jesus. It was the disciples casting the net one more time that led to so many fish that the nets were going to break. It was David bringing cheese to his brothers that led to him killing Goliath. It was Gideon threshing wheat by the wine press that led to an angel showing up and calling him. It was Samuel being faithful in the tabernacle that led him being called and not the priest's sons. It's 21 days of prayer and fasting that lead to a breakthrough. It's coming to church on a Saturday night. It's coming to church when you don't feel like it and worshiping when you're sick or tired that leads to a breakthrough. It's giving that monthly pledge to missions that helps a soul find truth. It's teaching that Bible study for weeks before the light comes on. It's teaching Sunday school for years that leads to kids receiving a call of God on their lives. It's bringing your family to church week after week, year after year, that leads to them being grounded in truth and baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with the Holy Ghost. My wife could come back. Don't get discouraged by the everyday. Don't get discouraged by the routine, by the monotony. Walking with God isn't always miraculous. Sometimes it's just walking. Sometimes it's just being consistent. Sometimes it's just being faithful. It's always just being faithful. If I had to pick a favorite verse or passage of Scripture other than Numbers 33. Be Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not to thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. And if we're trusting him, if we're following him, he's directing our paths. He's leading us. And it may seem boring sometimes. It may may even get annoying sometimes. Sometimes you may not even want to come to church. Sometimes you're glad it's canceled. Can I get it? amen? No. Sometimes you just don't even want to, but you do. Because you know it's what you should do. It may be boring, it may be annoying sometimes, but he's leading us we trust him with all of our heart we don't lean to our own understanding we trust him, we rely on him, we lean on him we acknowledge him in all of our ways he will direct us, he will lead us Israel, they were being led by God, even though it was annoying, packing up all that stuff, even though it got boring even though it was the same thing, over and over he was still leading them, and he's leading us, we need to just keep going As God rewards faithfulness. So one more time we're gonna before we leave here, tonight we're gonna take some time and pray. And this year, this is the second time I've preached, I think, in the new year, so um let's just make up our minds that we're just we're going to follow Him. We're going to be faithful. We're going to let Him direct us. We're going to trust Him with all our heart. Lean on Him and acknowledge Him in everything that we do. And we're going to let Him direct us. And each step, each day, will get you closer to what He has for you. What He's planned for you. And get up. And walk, even if you've fallen even if you've failed it's not just for you it's for the next generation too your walking today your faithfulness today will impact their tomorrow even though the people of Israel were told they couldn't go to the promised land because they lost their faith and, and Moses himself wasn't able to go their kids were able their kids were grounded in, in the word and Knew who God was because their parents taught them. Even though they, they dropped the ball. And even though maybe it was too late. I'm not saying it's too late or anything. But it's not just for us. It's for the people coming after us. It's for the next generation. you walking today. Your faithfulness today will impact their tomorrow. But it starts with us being faithful. I know we've got the faithful crew here tonight. Let's just make extra sure this year that we're going to do this. I know New Year's, we probably all fail with the resolutions already. Statistically, we have. Um, maybe you didn't make any because you knew it was going to happen. Um, maybe you thought about it. I don't know. The top New Year's resolutions that Americans made for this year—keep um, in mind some of them made more than one, obviously—so the statistics will not be, will not add up to 100. But 50% of Americans this year they, they want to exercise more. 49% want to save money. 43 want to eat more healthily. That's a word. want to lose weight, 34% want to reduce stress, 30% want to get more sleep, Um, 30% want to stick to a budget, 28% want to focus on my spiritual growth, 25% want to travel more, and 25% want to learn a new skill. These are the resolutions people make. And we might've made some of those and I was gonna eat healthier. Maybe tomorrow. Hmm. I thought about exercising a couple times. That counts. But let's make one of our resolutions, our goals for this year, to be faithful to God in the everyday, in the monotony, wherever he's leading If It's just praying at the kitchen table with your coffee. If it's just whatever it is, if it's reading the Bible through in a year, ninety days, six months, two years, whatever. If it's just spending time with him every day. Just be faithful in the everyday, in the Manani. Not you know, some of us we just turn to God when bad things happen or good things happen or you know We need a miracle. But faithfulness is in the day to day. That's where a relationship with Him grows. It's in the every day that God shows up. It's in the every day that He speaks and He calls. Let's let's stand. I know this. I don't know. I don't know how I got here from Numbers 33. But I mean, here we are. i are gonna take some time and pray. And let's just make a promise, a resolution, goal, whatever, commitment to God that we're gonna. We're just going to be faithful in the day-to-day. And when we get frustrated, it feels like I'm just doing the same old thing. We're going to do it anyway because that's what we need to do. Because God's leading us. Whether it's exciting or not, He's still leading us. He's going to lead us to where we need to go, but we need to walk with Him daily or we're not going to get there. So let's just take some time. My wife's going to sing. Let's just pray and commit to God that we're going to be faithful this year. Wherever wherever I'm at. Surely we can keep that one goal. We may not need it healthier. We may not lose weight. We may gain weight. But we can be faithful. Let's pray. Stop me from talking. Amen. The altar's open. You want to pray? You can pray as his family. You can pray with his friends. Let's just pray together and pray that God would help us Be faithful. All there's all be you wanna come and pray. Let's find a place and pray together.